This is Kit Simons and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to a very joyous Full and Focus podcast as the Whites secured six vital points in a fantastic four-day period as first Aston Villa was sent packing as was Steven Gerrard and then once again Leeds fell apart in glorious fashion and Marco's men brought three hard four points back on the train's King's Cross. My name is Morgan Calton and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by J-Mac and Tristan Pottericic as we go over what has been a brilliant last few days. Gentlemen, welcome, and uh, yeah, very happy show tonight because it's very rare that we come on to one of these having just got six points in the last few days. Jay, Matt, we're going to kick off with you though. After the um, dismantling of Villa, how did you see this game against Leeds panning out pre-kickoff? Did you see it as a we're going to just carry on as we uh, left off, or did you think we might be sort of you know riding high on our coattails without sort of uh, and then maybe sort of lose focus a little bit? I think, to be honest, considering how well we played against Villa and how amongst us a lot were saying, if we play like that, we should beat Leeds fine, and the sort of gossip that was being stirred up at the idea of us sacking two managers on the bounce, I felt like we were pretty confident going into this, to be honest. And I, even though we conceded first, it was just amazing how we, we did. I mean, the complete reaction and the management from Marcus Silva in this game and in general this season has been absolutely phenomenal I've got to just say first and foremost actually that this is probably the most excited and the most impressed I've ever seen Fulham play in the 10 years I've been supporting in the top flight at least I mean this is something else and I'm, I'm really chuffed to bits of this result I mean we all are we all saw the scenes at the you know the King's Cross after party but this is absolutely just on another level at the moment I'm really really it's like ecstatic for us and the players that loads of people written off and just Marco's team just an amazing result mate and Tristan do you you know were you optimistic about it as well I mean I mean it's hard to be pessimistic about the game but did you think it was um, going to end up as it did um I, I always fancied us to win it yeah I, I, I think the, the the short turnaround was a bit of a concern and we got lucky with the fixtures that obviously Leeds had exactly the same as us so and and you worry about a couple of players with 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 niggles the likes of Mitrovic, but other, other than that, I thought I'd, I always fancied us really. Um, I think there's a different, there's just a different feel to this Fulham than some of the others, and 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 the one concern I had going into it was you know with the Ellen Road crowd going a goal behind early, which of course we did. Um, but you know, as I say, they're made of sterner stuff. This team, and 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 once again, the second, you know. I can't remember the last time we could say that, that, you know, the first two away wins of the season have both come when we've we've conceded the first goal. So, you know, a, a very encouraging signs. It's also delightful just to beat two clubs that have huge fan bases that like to go on about how massive they are all the time. I just want to add that in really quickly. Just a really nice, really nice to beat two massive clubs in Aston Villa and Leeds that keep banging on about themselves. Just, just... <laughs> oh, and I think, uh, you know... 
seeing Steven Gerrard get the boot afterwards uh, was, uh, you know, just added an extra layer of uh, joy onto sure. the uh, onto the result. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, after that Leeds game, we're we're back up to seventh, and you know, that's that's just an incredible achievement for a team who was odds on to go back down. And I think whilst yes, the players are playing very well, there's clearly a lot of sort of unity within that squad. Huge praise has to go to Marco Silva on how he's handled this season and in this game in particular. I mean, Tristan, what's uh, what's your thoughts on how he's handled his return to the Premier League after you know it's been a few years since he managed Hull and Everton? Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. It's been it's been a fresher breath there, and, and, and you know we've been a fresher breath there, a fresher breath there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, God, dear me. Yeah. Um, it's it's been brilliant, hasn't it? Because we've we've kind of got used to us just trying to um, you know eke out a nil nil draw <laughs> and, and bore our way to some points and 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 seeing this this swashbuckling forms fantastic. I mean, quite interesting that um, in the sixteen seasons we've had in the Premier League, only three times have we scored more than twenty goals in in the first twelve games, and and this is one of them. So you know that's 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 pretty good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, J-Mac said, you didn't see Fulham play a huge amount in the Premier League, having started supporting late into your uh, into your 20s, I guess it was. Yeah. And what's your what's your feelings on, you know, watching Fulham play like this as opposed to the other previous seasons you, you know, you've seen us in the top level? Well, first of all, I want whatever breath of fresh air or fresh of breath air that Tristan's having to be honest. Sounds wonderful. To be honest, yeah, it's kind of my fault, really. I started supporting Fulham in their last Premier League season and then when I decided to support them, they got relegated. So it's a lot of people like to point the finger at me for the the ups and downs we've had. But I will will say that this is probably just the start of football we're playing, mate. Like, honestly, just the the, the, the quick the, the quick passing, the directness, uh, the, the the lack of too many passes, just the counter-attacks, the fact we've got players, like, overloading in their half and in their in their final... Bar- like, the, the sort of runs that you're seeing from Harrison Reed, who's making crosses by the byline and just dribbling past players. It's just an absolute wonderful thing because it's not just a Mitrovic team now. It's just we're scoring from all over the shop and it's just wonderful to see and I think just the way Silver's got all these players Danny alluded to this in one of his articles you've got Tim Ream who's he's completely proven the proven people wrong with Willian who's proven people wrong with Andreas Pereira who's t- proven people wrong with just all these players that we wrote off at the start of the season I mean even Robinson some people weren't a fan of the way he played in the championship because we were a bit more overly possessive but the way he's playing now with this mixture of possession but also quick counter-attacking it's just he's turning all of the players into absolute ballers and I'm all here for it it's just brilliant to watch and like I said just I haven't seen or been this excited to, for a football game for a long time actually since like I say the start of supporting for them well I think you know there's a massive credit that goes to Marco Silva for this because I mean we saw it first with Mitro he put his arm around him told him how special he was and then he repaid him by scoring 43 goals in one season he's clearly a fantastic man manager uh whatever's let him down in the past in his, you know, his Everton job. I mean, that's just sometimes a bit of a poison chalice job anyway. He's he's a motivator. And he clearly is a manager the players look up to. Uh, players respect him. And he clearly knows what he's doing as well. And he's got a very good squad around him. Uh, sorry, he's got a good uh, backroom 
um, team around him as well. And we're just looking very well balanced. And it's it's great to watch, not just from the sort of uh, on the pitch point of view, but looking at how the team are together. So I think it's, uh, you know, I mean, Tristan, I mean, what are your thoughts on how he's handled it in his first, you know, his, essentially his first 18 months at the club? Yeah, well, as I say, I think it's it's been brilliant. He's, the the man management's been really important, and I think you know that was that was something that we clearly needed where 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 we were. I think we had a lot of disillusioned players, and I think you know where where we are or were financially when he came in. I think you know we we needed to try and make sure we had players at the club that we could keep and were going to be useful because we couldn't go out and buy another you know. The whole new squad again, you know, like we were doing every season. So I think you, you know, to come in to, to 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 really work out who his key players were going to be and the ones that he really needed to sort of put that arm around their shoulder, he 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 identified that. And look, he's 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 had the results. He's got a great coaching team. Um, you know, I think it always helps when you've got someone like Bower who the fans are going to you know, respond to. And I think that buys you some, 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 some credit, but I can't, um, you know, he doesn't get everything right, but no manager does. And I think he's, he's, he's looked really, really um, promising to me. And I think, I, I do believe that, that, you know, there's a chance here that we could see something actually ridiculously special, you, you know, in the next couple of years, if he's supported in the transfer market yeah. and, you know, he, he, he keeps the core players around him. I think I, I genuinely do think we're, you know, two or three players, first team players and maybe five or six squad, you, you know, into the squad completely over the next 18, 18 months or so from, from being a really scary team. I, I think we're, we're, we're partly there already. We're going to the Conference League, basically. Well, let's maybe not get ahead of ourselves too much. Go. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, go so ahead of yourself. We're going on a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, ahead of yourself. We're going to win. We're going to win a European Cup. It's fine. We're going to end up on Thursday nights in Armenia or something like that next year, and I can't wait for it. I will say though, Morgs, actually, just talking about the man management of Silva, we saw that obviously he had replaced Diop with Tosin for this game, and he obviously kept Bobby Reed on, and a lot of people were calling for an actual right back and maybe Kevin Mbappé to be given a shot in this game, but. And they had shaky starts, but the, the the persistence paid off because obviously we saw the rewards that obviously Bobby Reed brought us later on in the game and Tosin. They grew into the game and just it was a bit of a scary start to begin with. But just these decisions that Marcus Silva's making and the belief he's putting in his team and keeping Bobby Reed at right back, even though that's not his full role, he's keeping a balance. He's keeping a culture. He's keeping a, you know a language of all these Portuguese and South Americans. You know, there's just something that he's doing there that is really quite something magic. You know, and I'm really I'm loving it. Well, I think when you look at Bobby Reed keeping his place, his performance against Villa did not justify him being dropped. I thought he was brilliant, actually. And whilst people are calling for Mbabu to get um, a shot at right back, clearly Silva doesn't think he's ready. And he's not being one to put players in if he doesn't think they're ready for the the game ahead. So I can understand why he's not playing. Um, I don't know what's happening on at Motspur, uh, whether you know Mbabu's just not looking quite up to the pace yet. But hopefully he'll get there. And hopefully he will get a chance at some point because we all know uh, Tete's injury concerns. And whilst Bobby has played very well of late, he's not a right back. He's more of an attacker. And he's, the, his style of play does work quite well in our system, I think. 
but we do need a proper right back there at some point I'm sure uh, you know for the sort of I would say the, the games against the uh, the bigger teams as it were but as you said Diop came, uh, dropped to the bench and was replaced by Tosin Tristan first off what was the reason for Diop being dropped but also should Tosin have done better for that first goal I kind of feel like he should have been a bit stronger and I think had Diop been in that position uh, he wouldn't have let Rodrigo really get away with that yeah, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm not sure um, with 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 the selection. I don't know. I had. I. I. I, I know Diop got a little bit of a kick at the end of the Villa game, and I'm not sure if he was carrying a knock. And it was tactical or rotation. Um, and I. Yeah, I guess I can see. It. I think the one thing I'd say, having played as a centre back for a little while, not a very good one, <laughs> but. You know, when, when, when a ball's hit like that and you get that spin off it and it's looped up in the air, it, it, it it's I'm, I get what you're saying is let Rodrigo get that side of him, but it, it's also difficult to know exactly how it's going to drop and the trajectory of the ball. So I think, you know, I, I'd probably err on saying, yeah, you know, it wasn't, no one really covered themselves in glory, but... I, I, I can understand the error um, because, I, as I say, it did have that ball had a lot of spin on it as it was coming down, and um, you know I, I don't think players are infallible to judgment errors. Well, you, I mean, fair enough if you at Sunday League level, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, okay, I can understand maybe if you're not sort of you know reading the game quite as well as a Premier League footballer, uh, but you would kind of hope that they sort of practice enough to be able to deal with balls that are slightly spinning. <laughs> so, but maybe just be a bit... I mean, to be fair, Tosin was good for the rest of the game and, well, I thought he was good. Uh, but I just think for that kind of situation, he should have been asserting himself on Rodrigo. Obviously, it's a bit... You know, you've got to be slightly careful, but for him to be able to score a header from that angle when he's essentially got a six-foot-six defender between him and the goal. Um, yes, J-Mac, your point. <laughs> well... Let's let's get one thing out of the way. Robinson shouldn't have fucking slipped in the first place, which is the whole issue to begin with. So that's that was that was that was that's how it all really began. But I I, mean, I don't mean to actually you know single out Robinson like that because he's been brilliant. He was actually brilliant this game. Um, that was an unfortunate slip, and it did have sort of eighteen nineteen defending vibes. There have been actually a few eighteen nineteen defending vibes going on the last few games. But the great thing is we you know it's high risk high reward so actually we've been outscoring teams a bit like a sort of a Kevin Keegan team or something so it's been we've been managed to get ourselves out of danger through our attacking patterns of play that Marcus Silva's obviously installed but I will say that the slip was was most unfortunate and it was just a really a really clumsy goal to get rid of and and on 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 the topic of Tosin we don't know I mean a lot of hipsters online are suggesting and they're actually probably right is that Tosin was picked over Diop maybe not just because the knock as Tristan says but maybe because Tosin's footwork and his passing of the ball might be a little bit more what's needed against a high press that Leeds can provide and that's something we were struggling with just before they scored I mean it seemed like we were quite all over the shop at one point some people were quite panicked obviously we got through it we rode out the storm and then controlled the game quite a lot but yeah, Leeds had a sort of almost like an old Bielsa vibe about them the first opening. Well, I mean, I'm never inclined to believe the football hipsters on Twitter, so I will disagree with you on that point. Um, I think, you know, I think it would have been quite a good game for Diop because he is a strong defender and coming up against that high line, we would have sat back a bit more probably and uh, allowed them to come at us and then well, hit them on the counter-attack, which I guess we did. 
and I, and I just say actually on that, you know, with the with the passing the ball out. So I thought that was that was what he did best against Forest. I mean, I thought he was excellent at bringing the ball out and and laying the ball off against Forest. And I thought actually a lot of our impetus in the second half against Forest came via that. So I I I don't necessarily see Tozin. I think Tozin's got that brilliant diagonal on him. That I, I, you know, he, he he does that very well. But I don't see him as being exceptionally better distribution-wise than Diop. So I'd, I'd, I'd personally be surprised if it was that that was the call. But I thought, I mean, against Villa, I thought Diop's long passing was brilliant. Yeah, I thought his diagonals were fantastic. I thought it was quite Anderson-esque in some oh, of the ones just, that were I was there. I say as well about the, the, the Villa game and, and actually J-Mac's point there about the... <laughs> You know the regressive defending we've seen a couple of times. I mean, that was that was Villa's best chance. Was that one just before half time where Ream and and, and and Leno got themselves in in a bit of a muddle, and you know Leno's ended up making a really good save, but Watkins really should have scored that. And really, Villa offered nothing else. And I think that's the one the one dampener on everything, isn't it? Is that I just you just worry a little bit that we could have one of those games where it all goes a bit wrong. And I think we did against Newcastle, didn't we? That's uh, well, that was that was going wrong on on acid, wasn't it? That was yeah. that was even worse. <laughs> going you never want anything to go wrong on acid. That's a, that's a horrible time. Um, but obviously, uh, we did start slowly, and as one uh, one of the member of the uh, Twitter family stated, we are fucking awful, and that lasted what about fifteen minutes, I think. And uh, before he was put back in his box, uh, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we did find our tempo. And given the fact that we were playing at a sold-out Ellen Road, a um, bunch of passionate Yorkshiremen behind them, it was always going to be a hard task to get back into the game. But we did. And obviously it was Mitro, because obviously Mitro needs to score. And that fight back, where our heads didn't drop, we just got back into the game, we got on with business and we ignored everything around us and just took control of the game. And Tristan, I mean, your thoughts on how uh, how different we are in that respect this in these days compared to, say, under Parker or even Slav and the various other managers? It's It's been... Yeah, it's been a real feature, hasn't it, where we just put our... I, I think we we tried to do it under Jokanovic a little bit, but I, like we're ruthless, we're horrible under Silva. Like we, we will really put our foot, foot on people's throats. And we saw it last season. You know, I, I, I'll always remember the game against you know Huddersfield and comparing that to the game against Reading the previous season when under Parker we were you know four 0 up and coasting, and they'd had a player sent off, and we made a couple of defensive substitutions and ended up winning four one. And then against Huddersfield, we have a player sent off ourselves and bring on some attacking players and turn a 3-1 into a 5-1. And it, it just summed up the difference in the mindset. And, we, we, you know, we're doing that now. We're, we're scoring goals in spells, you know, that we, we mentioned Forrest again, you know. But, but again, on, on, on Sunday, we, you know, we, we, we got those two goals within, what, 10 minutes or so of each other in the second half. And really... The more the game on that went on, the the, the more we, we 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 controlled it really. And of course, you know, with 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 that man up front, you know, and that's six, sixty. I mean, it's a joke. Sixty-seven in his last seventy-two for club and country. It's just that's, that's just that's mad. That is uh, like 
almost world record sort of pace. Yeah, it's 67 in 72 since last July. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, when you've, when you've got that, as, as we mentioned earlier, you've always got goals in your locker as well. And, and, and the great thing being is now he's got, what, nine of our 22. So he's less than 50% of the goals. And that's what you always want, really, is the, them starting to be shared around a little bit more. Which we're well, seeing. one thing we are seeing a lot of is uh, Andreas Pereira's uh, assists. And he got another two mm. in this game. He he's really putting his preseason Pirlo tag back in the draw, it would seem. And yes, there was that one chance uh, that he probably should have scored when he was clean through uh, after that brilliant ball um, from I can't remember who played the ball. Was it Paulinho? Uh, it was William. Wasn't it? it was William. Oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah, um, and he should have scored that. But again, two crosses. Two goals. He, J Mac. I mean, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, when he came into the team, we were all, you know, slightly dubious that he'd be any good. But I think he's uh, put a lot of doubters uh, back in their box, and hopefully he can keep it up. Because my my prediction was that he would show some decent talent, but then go off the boil by Christmas or by um, you know World Cup break. He seems to just be getting better at the moment, though. Yeah, he's getting better and better. And I mean, it's just another example of trust Marcus Silva's judgment in a player, um, you know, from South America or Portugal, Brazil, wherever. I mean, I'd say with Andres Pereira, we all sort of were worried to begin with. He said like he wasn't sure about joining Fulham because he loved being at Flamengo so much. And he was, the stuff he was doing for Flamengo was good stats wise, but it wasn't, I didn't think it would be as good as this. He's grown into the last few games. I mean, brilliantly. He's been probably a real I mean everyone's being sung as heroes um, obviously the man of the match went to Harrison Reed, who we'll get to but I would say that Pereira is probably I mean so vital to us in the way that Carvalho was he is just doing so much he's working so much off the ball and with it he's like winning fouls he's getting it just he doesn't give up his head never goes down and he his head could have gone down when he missed that chance one and one and he didn't and he provided the two assists throughout the game he I think he's just doing brilliantly. His 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 dead with his uh, dead ball situation with just cross with with uh, with crosses, uh, you know, taking corners, free kicks. They're just phenomenal. I think he's been absolutely brilliant for us. And I've got, I mean, the stats that I've got from the game, just because I thought it was quite interesting, like a hundred percent long balls completed, forty touches, five out of seven crosses completed, four key passes two big chances created and two assists. I mean, that is, that's an amazing performance and he's proving all the doubters wrong, particularly obviously Man United fans that were laughing that we were getting some sort of dud. But for £8 million at the moment, he's looking like a complete steal. Well, I think it's eight, probably like eight to ten with add-ons or whatever. But no, I mean, just brilliant. And, you know, the miss that he made one-on-one probably telegraphed it a bit where he was going. Maybe could have made a pass to Harry Wilson, but fair play to him for, you know, to try and take it and I'm luckily we still won the game so we're not focusing on it too much uh, J-Mac I've got a question for you on that because you mentioned his name so because I, I was thinking about this on the way back from Leeds is do you think we are not, and, and I'm not talking about future potential or any of the rest of it do you think we are this season better off having now Pereira in that role than we would have done keeping Carvalho if we if we'd have kept Carvalho and not signed Pereira, 
where do you think we're better off with or without? I'm going to say a real hindsight thing that is probably incorrect to all the hipsters on Twitter like we were talking about, but I actually think we're in a better situation with Pereira instead of Carvalho. And I don't want to judge Carvalho just because of how he's been underperforming slightly for Liverpool at the moment because he's actually being played out of position, which is really fucking annoying me. But it's just the fact that Pereira has actual Premier League experience and the the sort of role he has is obviously a bit different to the classic number 10. He's he's sort of like a hybrid between an 8 and a 10, in my opinion. People will criticise me and say I'm wrong. But the harrying he does and his work rate and just never stopping. And Carvalho was, was brilliant, but he was very luxurious and beautiful on the ball. And I feel like what Pereira does is something a bit more mucky, something a bit more... It's just something a bit more what we need actually for hustling and bustling and getting points and trying to outscore teams in my opinion personally now i i, I it was a little bit of a loaded question because i'm in i'm in complete agreement with you i think we've we've ended up with a with a great deal there actually in in terms of you know maybe not the money we got from liverpool but overall what we've got as a squad i think we've done incredibly well to actually be better off <laughs> Um, which is how I see it, exactly the same as you. I think he gives us something from set pieces that we didn't have as well. I, I, no, I, I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement, mate. And obviously, if you do disagree with Tristan and J-Mac, uh, feel free to contact us and tell them how wrong they are. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that's, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting one, that, because obviously it was sad to see Cavallo go. Um, but obviously he was going on to, you know, further his football education, as they might say. We're above them in the table, though. So. Yeah, no, they're the shit this season, so it's all right. Um, yeah, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying yeah. that. But I think having a player who's slightly older, who's slightly, uh, you know, slightly more um, familiar with the league, although he hasn't played a huge amount of Premier League games, um, I just think the fact that he's gelled with the team so quickly uh, is pleasantly surprising because it could have taken him a while to get into the swing of things with us. You know, the whole thing about him not wanting to join. I, I seem to remember, and I think someone on Twitter confirmed this other day, that he was the player that we tried to sign when Slav was manager. And Tony Khan vetoed it for whatever right. reason. So perhaps he was just thinking, well, why am I going to a team that didn't want me in the first place? Maybe. So, I mean, it just I, we actually there was an article just yesterday as well that stated that apparently Marcus Silva wanted Pereira for last season as well. Hmm. Um, so obviously this just shows that Silva's been a long-term admirer and I think he even said that when when we actually made the signing so it just show, goes to show how far we've come from Tony Khan calling the shots and actually it's very much a Marcus Silva sort of transfer policy now well I think you know it's it's a combo like with any of these teams there are you know people up behind the scenes crunching the numbers and all that but at the end of the day if a manager is so keen to bring in a particular player then they'd be stupid not to back them, especially when they've just taken us into the Premier League, uh, playing the kind of football that we were playing and in need of a player to replace uh, arguably one of our best players. But yeah, I mean, obviously, Pereira did very well. But as you said, Harrison Reed got man of the match and his performance, his performances in general have been fantastic of late. And he's playing a totally different role to how he played under Scott Parker. He's getting far more forward. He's scoring goals, which is just fucking mad. And it's just, he's playing, you know, with very much with a smile on his face. And 
I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make Gareth Southgate 55-man squad. I think maybe the World Cup squad's, you know, out of his reach um, just because of having never played for England before. But I would be very, well, no, I'm very surprised if he didn't. But I, I think he should be given a chance to show what he can do with that group of players in the initial if they are getting 55 players together, I'm not quite sure how it works, but or if they're even doing that, it just sounds a bit crazy. But Tristan, what are your thoughts on Harrison and how he's been playing at the moment? And do you think he's improved as a footballer under Silva? Yeah, I think I think everyone has really. I don't, I don't think there's many that haven't improved under under Silva, and that's one of the nice things about the management um, is that you can see those improvements and, and, and Reed, yeah, he's got a bit more licence, hasn't he? I think he's, he's, he's a little bit more, but having Polina alongside him helps. I mean, you know, if you've got an anchor and uh, you, you know, with the, the abilities that Polina's got, I think it enables you to have that other, that other pivot, that other defensive midfielder, almost going more box to box and actually J-Max right there in, in, in even, the, the the player playing in in what we the closest to a ten he's coming back and defending as well so the license is there actually for all three of them to get forward a little bit more because the other two are, are, are doing a lot of work and I think that's I'm surprised it's suiting his game as much as it is because I didn't really see that kind of output and and it's not just that you know he scored two great goals but I, I you know that's as good an assist as anyone's probably had all season, the one for the William goal. Um, you know, incredibly quick feet. Sort of, you know, very, very, very good piece of play. And I think it, it, it's it's really that, that confidence is just flowing through him as well. Uh, yeah, another one of the players. But yeah, he's been he's been fantastic. I'd ne- I wasn't... Harrison Reed was a 7 out of 10 player pretty much all the time for me. And I was never like... The the biggest I, I liked him. I, th- I see his point in the team, but he would have been a player that I'd have probably looked at improving on as a first team. I thought he had a lot of value for the squad, but I thought for the first team. But actually, he's he he's really proved me wrong on that. And he's I you know I'd I'd be picking him first team every time. You can tell he's happy as well. I mean, as you said, Morgs, because he's <laughs> he's he's jumped into the arms of people twice now, like an excited school kid leaving school into his father's arms. Because I mean, he jumped he jumped into Marcus Silva's arms when he scored the goal the last game, and and there's a clip now of, of um, after the win on Sunday of, of 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 Shane Duffy just picking him up like a child <laughs> at the end of the game. It's really sweet, but it's just like I think he's having a terrific time to be honest. And James Shane Duffy's so tall compared to it, it just looks hilarious. But yeah, it's that he's having he's playing with a huge smile on his face, like you say. I think you know, speaking of uh players with smiles on their face, I don't think there was a bigger smile than uh Willian after he scored his goal on uh the third goal on Sunday. He's just been remarkable since uh, he came in. And maybe, you know, not every game, but to come into this team at 34 years old, again, another one written completely off. Uh, we saw him as, you know, nothing more than a you know potential last 20-minute jobby. And he's come on, uh, come into the team, and he looks like he should be starting most games. I mean, of course, at his age... He won't have the ability to play every single game, especially in the position that he plays in. But he has got the energy of someone far, far younger. And it's it's great to watch him play like 27-year-old Willian, as opposed to, you know, 32, 33-year-old when he was at um, Arsenal 
And I guess that particular spell of his career, uh, you know, dampened his reputation uh, with fans in this country. And clearly he had some shit going on in Brazil because the Corinthian fans seem to hate him now. And, uh, you know, he seems to come over here. Maybe, again, maybe that's a, a Marco Silva, uh, you know, round of applause because, you know, brings in uh, the man, you know, probably, you know, speaking, they speak Portuguese together, make him feel good about himself, help him settle in. And then, you know, just give him the belief to come into a team where they're all in it together. And yeah. I think he's really having a bit of a, a resurgence, whether, again, whether it lasts the whole season, who knows? But right now, I mean, J-Mac, you, you know, you've seen him play a few times over the years and you're seeing him now. I mean, what do you, what do you, what were you thinking? What are you thinking now? Well, I'm, I'm basically, I have this rule where, um, I'm, I'm 33 years old and apparently someone said to me, you can't get a player's name on the back of a shirt if, if they're younger than you. And I was like, okay. Um, so I got, I got Ryan Babel when, uh, in the eighteen nineteen season. Um, and this season, there's, there's no question in my mind, I'm going to get William because he's one year older than me. Uh, because, <laughs> because he has just been brilliant for the last few games. But you, what you can't do is take away the mentality of a winner, or of, an, of a really good player. This is like a guy who's won the Premier League twice with Chelsea, um, who's played in the Champions League and whatnot. He, he's obviously still got the brain and he knows what passes to make and obviously not to overexert his energy or limit energy he has for his age. I think that was his first goal in three, 533 days, apparently, since West Brom um, on the 9th of May 2021 for Arsenal. Now, Arsenal tells a whole different story, in my opinion, because that wasn't a very good team. Arteta wanted to play in a very different way to the way Marcus Silva does. And I imagine it was quite similar to Corinthians, like he was asked to be the main guy. What Willian is doing, and I think he's been a lot better since he's actually switched on the left on his stronger foot on the right is where he doesn't have to take a man on and he can actually cut in and has more time on the ball to make clever passes. And just the goal was just fantastic because, I like you said with the smile on his face, we all want... He was getting a lot of criticism when he arrived and I think this is a place where he could really be, like, love. I mean, I, he's already going to be loved here, but just being back in London, close to his old home in Chelsea... But just by the river, just after the horrible abuse him and his family have received from all the fans of Corinthians, etc., etc., I just think this is a really nice story for him, and I can imagine him probably maybe retiring with us. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm I'm a huge fan, and I'm definitely getting Willian 20 on my shirt whenever I can afford to get one. But, I mean, Tristan, I mean, one of the things that for me, and I don't know if you agree, is whether he's, you know, it's his pace or whatever, but it, it's his football intelligence that it's one of those things, you know, the, the brain doesn't sort of, uh, doesn't need to sort of retire. It's just the legs. But to, to, to be honest, that was the bit that I was expecting. The the intelligence and the experience and the, the, the ability to spot a pass. I wasn't necessarily expected to be as good as it is. And actually, it's some of the other bits, the application, the desire, the, you know, actually, he's not, he's not slow for, for a 34-year-old. He's not, you know, people aren't zooming past him. So it, it, it's the other, I, I think the things that I was expecting are better than I expected. And then the things I weren't expecting, he's actually got them in his locker as well. And I think it's, 
it, yeah, again, it's just what what a signing that's been. I know, I think we can just keep saying that I, uh, uh, about so many of the players. You know, they, they, they've been either great signings or they've they've improved brilliantly over the summer. And I think we're yeah, we've we Williams another one. Well, uh, just come to sort of draw to the end of this game. It's one of the one of the things that does obviously bug us a bit is that especially well that first goal was obviously a little bit clumsy, but was what it was. The the second goal that Leeds scored right at the end, that was just that looked it kind of showed up quite a few of our defensive frailties, didn't it? Um, whereas you know obviously our attacking threat is there for all to see, there is that concern that we certainly you know despite the fact that we have an excellent goalkeeper now, we are capable of conceding at least two goals a game, and although Tim Bream has been fantastic. Uh, this season, he is part of that defence. And whether he, you know, is he part of the problem that we need to see um, a new partnership form there with slightly more younger, more mobile players? Or does it just need a bit more time in the training pitch? I don't know. J-Mac, thoughts? Well, I think... Well, first of all, we, I'll go to the, the lineup again just because we saw Tosin replacing Diop and we saw Bobby Reed staying on and they had a very dodgy first half and then they grew into the game and Tosin was able to stop a few chances from Patrick Bamford who couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo at the moment as far as I'm concerned and Bert Leno has been brilliant for us and obviously Bobby scored the second goal and it was an unmarked header but I feel like in order to... I think we're not helping ourselves maybe with the the changing of centre back partnerships maybe. Um maybe it's time to maybe try Diop and Tosin at some point, but Reem hasn't put a foot wrong, so I don't know what to suggest. I think when Kenny Tete comes back we'll look a lot better. A lot better and a lot more because I would say a lot of problems have actually maybe started on the right hand side with maybe playing off sides that Bobby's been, you know, criticised for. Um getting mixed up with Tosin for clearing headers. There's just been a few problems there. So maybe when Kenny Tetty back, that's might be what we're what we're asking for. But yeah, we are gonna have to learn how to shut up shop because I am concerned, not to put a downer on things, that while we're able to outscore teams at the moment, there is gonna be a time and it could be after the World Cup when the whole momentum changes and we have to reform, you know, momentum after the you know, it, it can suddenly our good run can suddenly just get a bit stagnant and we have to start again and if we're not scoring goals like we are we might still have the back door open like we have with the defending so we need to figure a way to shut up shop and I think it will just be a case of getting Kenny Tete fit and maybe just sticking to one centre-back partnership I'm not sure what you guys think but that's just my opinion Yeah, I I think... um... You, 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 I, I wouldn't disagree with much of that. I, the only thing I'd say is, is going back to the original thing that Morgan said about, you know, do we need time? So the problem is with 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 you know a thirty five year old centre back is that you know in reality he's gonna be needed to be replaced, you know, if not this season, then you know he, he could have a remarkable career renaissance and be a regular centre back at the age of thirty six. But ultimately, it will get to the point where you know. And, and unless there's significant scientific improvements and advancements that enable 50-year-olds to continue playing top-level football, you know, Tim Ream will have to be dropped eventually. And, and, and I think, you know, we've, we've got centre-backs young enough to be able to do that and 
gel to become a centre-back pairing for several years. So, I yeah, I think that's probably where we ultimately need, 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 need to go with, with what we've got at the moment and probably bring one in because obviously Shane Duffy's not going to be a long-term fix either. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think we're... We're too reliant on scoring two or three goals every, every game to pick up points, and uh, I, you know, we, we we need to be able to drill out a nil nil or a one nil now and again, and, and and you just don't ever really feel that we've got that in us. And I think it's a shame that you know Reem is so old because I think if he were just a couple of years younger, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The other thing about him is that he is our captain. You know, yeah, okay, Kearney may be club captain, but Tim Reem is our captain and to drop him uh, raises the, next, the question of who would be the next best in that role and yeah I get that Mitro is probably sort of on there on the list but at the same time I don't believe in having a striker as a captain I think a centre-back or maybe defensive midfielder who can look at the game marshal the game from back there is the ideal position for that so yeah, and, and and I'd agree. I think you've got you've got Mitro as a kind of standing if you need him. But but I don't. I'm not that worried from that point of view because I think you you know. But I I wouldn't be horrified for Polina and Reed to you know be given it. I think that you know they're both capable. They both show leadership qualities. I don't I don't think that would be the issue with 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 Reem being dropped. I think we we've got enough in the squad to have a captain that can captain the side as well as Reem. Well, I think whilst, you know, Tosin's obviously still quite young and, uh, you know, his performances haven't been fantastic the the season. He needs he needs a good partner with him. And I think Diop is still, you know, whilst he's looked quite promising in the games he's played, I think he needs a bit of time just to get in with the squad. And I guess Tim Reem is the common denominator in terms of uh, experience and talent and also knowing the the team well enough so I don't think we'll see him get dropped anytime soon maybe we'll see something after the World Cup break maybe that's when Silva's expecting to make some changes uh, around then but because it's essentially like starting a new season really isn't it season part two when we come back and there's only what three games left to go yeah I think before we do go on that break so it'll be interesting to see I don't think he'll make too many changes in the lead up to you know to that break, but then maybe we'll see something a bit different after it. Um, just closing out on the Leeds game, we deserved to win that, didn't we? I mean, we as a team are not being sort of given a huge amount of credit for our performances at the moment. We get a lot of uh, comments about you know the team, you know, a team was having a bad day against us but you know maybe it's good that we're not getting too much credit let's just fly under the radar and get on with you know playing how we're playing and accrue enough points to you know be in a nice safe position but I mean Tristan what's your thought on this I mean do you think we are getting the credit we deserve or do you think we are being spoken about in a much more uh you know confident light as it were um by the media no I think there's a lot of we won because they had a bad a bad game kind of commentary around us, and I, I it it had been really annoying me up until the the the, the Forest game 
um, and and you know driving back from Forest and hearing the, the the two presenters on Talk Sport saying about how oh you know Forest have got to be beating sides like Fulham and and I just like did you watch the fucking game guys like we like destroyed them in six minutes for fuck's sake and 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 it was but but after that I kind of had that like almost light bulb moment where I was like do you know what it seems to be working for us <laughs> like the the fact that teams you know opposition fans media whoever aren't talking us up and are, are seeming to underestimate it's great because it, it you know whatever's happening we're seventh in the league so it, it it's clearly working for us and you know we know what we're seeing every week so if the media don't want to recognize it and want to say that we're winning games because other teams just aren't playing up to their potential then i can't like it, it, it stopped bothering me <laughs> J- i mean J mac it, it's still, it's still, it's still bothering me, Morgan. Before you ask me, I, I was going to say, I was about to say, you're, you're, you're incredibly superstitious. You must have a thought on this. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the the whole situation kind of stinks, if if I'm honest. But I mean, it works to our advantage because we just keep going under the radar. But we're seventh, and no one's really talking about it. Some journalists, some blue tit journalists, are mentioning it. But you've got people like Jamie Carragher, who's tweeting out the Monday Night Football and Sky, and he literally sends out a tweet. Topics for tonight. What do you want the most? Nottingham Forest, Howe and Newcastle, Aston Villa, or O'Neill and Bournemouth? Are you having a laugh? Like, I don't really understand. We're seventh right now, and we keep beating teams. And apparently it's because... They keep having an off day. Oh, Villa, Gerard. Oh, he's been sat. Let's talk about that. You know. Oh, Leeds. They sat Bielsa. You know. What, they didn't sat Bielsa. Bielsa actually left. But anyway, that's not the point. It was a long like, time ago as well. It, it was a long time ago. All they're doing. They're not talking about Fulham. They're just talking about sort of bite. You know, like sound bites that they can get people in just to sort of like all, where all the big fan bases are. No one's really talking about what we're doing. And like I said, it probably is to our benefit because we can just keep going under the radar and maybe they don't actually know what to say about us because they all ruled us off so many times and were just so rude about Mitrovic at the start of the season but you know I'm just it, it staggers me that no one's really talking about it really and how, how well we're playing Not, on, I mean I think on match of the day we were sort of just shunned off again and like you know Nottingham Forest won their, their, their game against Liverpool you would think it was just you know they're just talking about how this is all going to turn around for them and I mean, it probably won't, but uh, just the the the, way, the the media and just the the targeting of big clubs really does my head in. But anyway, I, I'm sure I'm sure everyone's heard enough about that. Well, I'm glad you were able to sort of let that out. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, you sound you sound a lot lighter now. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> just 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 on that point, Morgan, is this? I I I, I feel like mentioning my stat that I mentioned. Earlier. Oh yeah, no, uh, yeah, just like, got a belt of a stat here. Come on. Just, just to confirm, like what J Max saying about the start we've had. So, when you look at the start we've had, it's actually our joint best start we've ever had. Eighteen points from twelve games is the most we've ever had at this point. We've only done it once before. That was in the Coleman season of two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Um, now, the the, the the stat stems from that, and it's really interesting. So that same season, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, we had eighteen points. We had 22, we'd scored 22 goals. We've scored 22 goals this season. Coleman's team had won five, drawn three, lost four. We've won five, drawn three, lost four. Liverpool were eighth in the league, one place below us. Uh, Liverpool were one place below us in the league now. And Arsenal were top, and it was the last season that Arsenal were top after 12 games. So after 12 games, we are literally identical to the... 
Coleman season that, that won a lot of plaudits and actually, you know, only really collapsed when when we sold Sahar. So, you know, good signs there um, that there's 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 good still to come this season, and it shows what a great start we have had. You know, the the the, the good stable Fulham team that we saw for you know 13 years in the Premier League and we we never actually beat the number of points we've got at this point after 12 games so it, it really does show how well we've been and, doing. Uh, well long may this continue really I mean hopefully we can pick up a couple of wins albeit we've got to beat either one of Man City or Man United uh, as well as Everton uh, prior to the World Cup break but if we can go into that still in the top half I think that's a, you know, that is a really good result for us. And if we can be over, I mean, we're on 18 points now. If we can get over the 20 point mark on Saturday, then, you know, that's psychologically, I think, a massive, a massive thing for us. Um well, well, I, I think like one of the, uh, quick, um, yeah? if, if I may, I'd we'll just like to give a, a quick shout may. out to um, Jao Polina as well, just for the game. Um, he was is he listening? Pl- well, he's a big fan, yeah. He was he's the first player in the Premier League to win 100 challenges this season in that game. And um, the other little shout I'll give to him, obviously, uh, him and his wife gave birth to their child today. So, congrats to Pelly. Well, his wife gave birth to the child, so, yep, congratulations. Well, okay, well I suppose that is fair. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Congratulations, yeah. pal. <laughs> congratulations. The baby has already been booked, though. So. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> um, hopefully he'll be allowed to sleep in the spare room and actually get a bit of sleep prior to some of these games. Yeah. Because uh, many, many nights of sleeplessness uh, could have an effect on his performances. Speaking of nights of sleeplessness, like, sleeplessness um, th- there needs to be more King's Cross after parties, man. Like the, the, the situation with the players on the train looked absolutely amazing. You sort of had Wigo having photos with Marcus Silva getting... Like the the jitteriest photo, like just looked like they were running the whole time with Willie and Lay. But no, I think yeah, that I was going to get onto the King's Cross thing. It's like it was so nice to see, and it's like obviously beating Leeds away, especially in that fashion. There is always going to be a feel good factor. Had we just been dicked five nil and the players were on the same train, it wouldn't have been you know quite as uh, pleasant and fun, obviously. But to see that and to see the players smiling, I mean, obviously, Mitro can't smile in photos with fans. I mean, he's proven time Weird, and time it? again that yeah, it's, <laughs> he's the most smiley person ever until he's in a photo. And <laughs> But it was just, yeah, it was, it was great fun to see all the sort of the fans and the players, you know, mixing, whether the players were overly keen to mix with all the fans, uh, <laughs> you know, after a hard-fought 90 minutes and a journey back is, uh, is another thing, on. but... <laughs> Planes from now on, or, you know, private trains. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, we've got 18 points after, was it 12 games? Yep. We go into our 13th game on Saturday against Everton, with against who we have, a, you know, we have got a very decent record at home. Uh, absolute toilet away record. But we do well against them. Fat Frank's coming to town again. Um, Tristan. Do you think we're going to see much in the way of changes for this one? No, I, I, I honestly don't. I think we'll probably, potentially, we might see James back in some. I mean, he'll be in the squad definitely. Um, might be he might jiggle up the the wingers, but I don't think we'll see any changes anywhere else. I think it's probably going to be 
Uh, I, I get well. I suppose you know Diop Tozin could be a, a a coin toss as well. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think it's all going to be be the same. I I wouldn't expect when he's fit and ready to go. I wouldn't expect Teddy to go straight back in. I'd expect him to be on the bench and and probably get half an hour with with with, with Reed starting. Is is if if if, if he's available, I I think he'd be on the bench. Jay Mac. To be honest, no. I think I think we stick to the way it is. Um, maybe D up, but to be honest, the team is just it picks itself at the moment. I mean, the the, the form and the, the the way we're playing, especially in the last two games. Why why would you change it? You you do think about Bobby Reed, and if you have the same conundrum that fans were having at the start of the game for last, when if you put Mbabu there, but just no, I, I wouldn't. I think Bobby grew into that game and scored a goal, and it's just complete. Oh my god, he's just the most versatile player we've ever had now. I think he's more versatile than Dennis Adoy in terms of just <laughs> versatility, obviously, but just his sort of legendary status for it. I, I think he's been brilliant. Um obviously not perfect as a right back, but he got he's getting better and better in that position. So if he can just hold on for a bit longer until Tete's back, I'm 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 happy with that to be honest. I mean it should be quite a good game. I mean, Everton got a good three nil win against Crystal Palace at the weekend. Dominic Calvert Lewin. Uh, seems to be fit again. He scored. He's got to be careful. You've got to be careful of him. Um, obviously, Anthony Gordon was spoken about a lot over the summer, potentially going to Chelsea, but obviously when they didn't want to sign for £60 million, apparently, which is surprising. We, you know, we do have to be wary of this team. They started off badly. They were awful last year, but a 3-0 win against you know a decent Palace side... Uh, shows that we can't really take them for granted in any way. So we, you know, we do need to come out of the blocks on this one. Uh, hopefully, we don't have to come back from one nil down again. Um, so let's go with a prediction on this one. Uh, J Mac, start with you. What do you think? I think, I think it's going to be two one to us. I think it's going to be hard I, if we were going. To their ends, I would say a draw or a defeat, but at the cottage with the way we've been playing, the atmosphere we're likely to create. And they are they have been brilliant. I watched that game, they were absolutely fantastic. He's turned Iwobi in, into Modric or something. I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's bizarre <laughs> the job he's doing there. But it's I think I think it's gonna be two one. I think we'll still concede. I think Leno's gonna keep us in the game as always. Um I don't know who'll score, obviously. I don't know why it's just turning into Mystic Meg, but yeah, I'm going to go for 2-1. <laughs> Mystic Tristan? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with both of you. I think we should respect our opponents and I think it's you know going to be a tough game and all that crap. 4-1 Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I, I prefer that one. Uh, I am going to go... I'm going to go for another 3-2. I think both teams have got goals in them. If, um, you know, we just need to make sure that we just keep in the same flow. I think, uh, despite Everton keeping, keeping, keeping a clean sheet the weekend, they have the ability to concede goals quite happily. So, yeah, I think it could be a bit of a ding-dong. And, yeah, it's a, what is it? It's a 5.30 kickoff on Saturday, because I think we're the evening game on, uh, on Sky. So, uh, a nice afternoon of uh, beers ahead before heading down to the cottage. And, see, with the evenings getting darker... Cottage under the lights. I think uh, we could be in for a good evening. Another disco light show, hopefully, as well, yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't there for that. That looked interesting. That got uh, mixed reviews. I thought it looked quite cool. 
I think they're just trying to save money. If you just keep flashing them on and off, it just takes the electricity bills down, doesn't it? So I did, that's, I, that's, I, that's what they're really doing. I did see a tweet that uh, just really made me laugh out loud. It's just said, yeah, they've, they've just locked some poor kid in the basement. He's switching them on and off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he didn't want to pay the ticket fees, that's why. Yeah. Um, right, I think... That is enough for this evening. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fulham Focus or Fulham underscore Focus. Subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you choose to listen to. And you'll find us all over social media somewhere. Just search Fulham Focus. Thank you very much for listening. And, uh, yeah, see you on Saturday. Come on, you whites. <laughs>